You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. All right, everybody, welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Hey, I'm Scott Goldbranson. It is time for our post-game show. The Raiders, of course, squeak out of Miami. Perfect in the preseason. I know, I know, it's just the preseason. Uh, but some very, very good things coming out of this game. Some other things that remain concerned, and I'm going to go off a little bit about that and may anger a few of you. I'm just giving you a warning, but we'll get to that in a minute. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to us on audio, just subscribe. Drop a five-star review. We certainly appreciate that. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, we went live. So subscribe, hit the notification buttons, please, if you would. And also, we are live on Twitch. That's right. So if you're somebody who's a gamer or you like to watch content, so content excuse me, over on Twitch, you can find us there as well. Just a note, Mo Moten tonight is on special assignment with Bleacher Report, so he will not make it for the show. But the good news, as always, with our post-game show is we bring on our voice of the fan. That, of course, is the host of Raiders Fan Radio coming live to us from Murph's Fan Cave. It is Murph. Murph, here we go, man. Uh, so much great, so many great things to talk about. Some really big concerns I have, but let's start off with the good. What's your initial reaction of this entire game that kind of dragged out in the second and third quarter a little bit, but some really good things coming from this Raiders team? Absolutely. First off, apologize for your audience for having to slum it with me there for the show tonight. And just <laughs> That's know, all right. But, uh, we appreciate everybody joining us. And yeah, man, like, so here's my, here's my takeaway, which is a very metered level headed takeaway. Like most all of Raider nation with a dominant 15, 12 performance over the Miami dolphins in Miami. I'm pretty much thinking that we're the best team in football and likely going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, that, you know what, but that that's, that's how you should feel. Right. I mean, listen, 
I, I want to start with that good stuff because I do have some big concerns, but we'll get to it. Um, I mean, I look at overall, you watched that Raiders second offense for the most part, and we will talk about the offensive line. I can see the comments rolling in on the platforms. People want to talk about oh, the right yeah. side of the offensive line. We'll get to it. Uh, but overall, I looked at that offense, what they were able to do against really a lot of the Finns' first defense to start out the game there. And Merv, I'll tell you, not only did they execute well and play well in so many points, and we'll get into players in a second, but what I really loved and I continue to just be just impressed with with this team is how hard they play and how disciplined they play. Now, they had a couple penalties tonight that they didn't have over the last couple weeks, but overall, Murph, you just see this team hustling, and it doesn't matter what they're doing, who, which player it is, they are really flat out just a different team under Josh McDaniels. Absolutely. You know, it's pretty fun. You know, like um, I have two teenage boys and I tell them all the time, like, you know, your life and your character is not defined by the mistakes you make. It's it's or the things that happen to you externally. It's about how you respond to those things. Like that's what defines us. Right. And so like, yeah, the Raiders made mistakes, but then they recovered from them. And so like and that's where like during this game is, is although, you know, at times the Miami freaking defense looked like the freaking 72 <laughs> Miami defense, apparently, because Nick Bonacani and Manny Fernandez were on the field. Um, <laughs> but like it just looked they looked so dominant. And, and like but then at times, though, like we recovered and we scored and we punched the button like you and I talked and, and, and Mo as well. But last week about one of the things that we noticed about McDaniels is getting like fired up at the team at the offense for not punching the ball in and not scoring on that first drive and in, uh, scoring a touchdown anyways. And by kicking a field goal in the red zone, well, what do we do this week? We got better. You know what I mean? And so like you see those things and it's encouraging Scott, like, I mean, and look, and I'm not going to get all up in my feelings and get all crazy about this. And I know there's a lot of <laughs> things we're going to talk about that are that are definite weaknesses. And I'm not blind to those or nor an apologist for them. But as Raider Nation, like I you can't not be encouraged by the way that I, I think what you so greatly just put the way they're responding, yeah. the way yes. they're bouncing back and finishing. Like, who cares what it looks like on the way? Do you get the are you, are you getting seven? Are you getting three? Are you getting the W instead of the L? That's all that counts. It, absolutely. And the other thing I love about, and again, Raiders win 15 to 13 in Miami week two. I know it's their third week, but week two of the preseason now is complete. But Murph, I, I look at the way in which they play, even when they don't execute, when a play doesn't succeed, it is, it, you can see it, the routes, the routes are crisper. Uh, the play calling, I love the play calling. That's one thing that we should talk about. I just think that Josh McDaniels, when he came over, people were like, oh, what's he going to do with this offense? And yes, he brought over some of the same philosophy. There's no question. But even in the preseason where they're very guarded, I feel like this offense is just so much more crisply called, timely when they need, when they have a third uh, and long or a third and short. It's the kind of play where even as a fan, you sit there and you say, that's what I would have done because he does it and it seems to work. Absolutely. You know, if you look at uh, so what we've talked about in this offseason so far is this this beautiful adjustment capability for these coaches. Right. And it starts with McDaniels and, and, we, and, we, and we've seen it with Graham. We've seen it with or not. We've seen it. Well, I guess we've seen a little bit. But we really hear it more in terms of like philosophy. But one of the things that's so cool about like you like what you're saying is that, yeah, if if there's a weakness in a in a, in a place. Yeah, if we notice it, I promise you they are too. And I promise you Josh McDaniels <laughs> is noticing it first before anybody. And uh, we talked about on our show, Raiders Fan Radio, this last week about how 
that Patriot offense and that uh, and that that the Josh McDaniels ran it was so versatile and so you know diversified based on what their matchups were and so much of it was about getting the ball to a spot it was like you know the snap boom boom get the ball out it's not about like letting your players work open although we know that Hunter Renfro and and guys are going to do that when Derek extends the pocket and creates time but for the most part the offense is going to be boom boom ball out like and so and you think about all the great, and I hate to bring them up, but I know Raiders fans get pissed off at me for this, but like you think about those Patriot offenses and Tom Brady and the way that he plays quarterback and the way that he got the ball to Amendola and Wes Walker mm-hmm. and like and Gronk and Hernandez and all the everybody, Troy Brown back in the day, like whatever. Pick your pick your guy. That's what that Patriot offense is. That's what Derek Carr is going to do in McDaniel's offense. And guess what? That makes up for a weak offensive line, frankly. And we saw that tonight. At the times, the offense was still struggling. You know, it still allowed for those quick passes. And those guys can make up for it. There was one in particular. It was... um. Oh my gosh, I'm, I've got on my notes here, but I, I believe it was uh, it was it was uh, it was Keelan Cole, and it must have been Stidham or it was, it was Mullins. Stidham. I can't remember. Yeah. It was Stidham. Okay. Caught him on the right side there. Yep. Thank you. Yes, I mean, yes. like, and that was all that offensive line. Well, did they look great up to that point? I don't know. It was kind of sketchy, but on that play, they executed, and that's what all the again, that's all the counts. Al Davis famously said, "We're not interested in first downs. We're interested <laughs> in touchdowns." The end. Like that's what this offense needs to be. That's what it's about, and that's what they've lacked over the last three that's years. In the up, red, the red zone. That's okay. In the red zone, that's good, man. In the red zone, especially now, I, I looked at that situation and I saw to to your point about uh, the Keelan Cole pass uh, from Stidham. What I love too is I've seen we've now seen three quarterbacks, including Garbers, who had some trouble tonight, but overall played well with his legs too. He had a nice long run there in the third quarter. Uh, and I love how these quarterbacks are operating in that system too, because they're using their legs as well. And you watch it unfold, just like you're saying. And then you get Derek Carr in there and you start to think, wow, you know, when you get your number one quarterback in there, this thing's going to be electric, not to mention your number one wide receiver, your number two wide receiver, your your tight end and Darren Waller. And it's like you can see that uh, and, and that running game, which Mo and I talked about on our last show, which is in the Josh McDaniel system. It's about creating mismatches with the defense, right? And and you you find the weakness and you exploit the heck out of it the entire game. That's what he did in New England. That's what he's going to do with the Raiders. So you look at that running game, what the Raiders are able to do coming out of the backfield. They use Kenyon Drake a lot tonight. I saw some comments right. on Britton Brown. Britton Brown, I thought, of course, had a great game. I still think he doesn't make the roster, actually, because that room is so full. I think if they can get him through the process of being on the practice squad and someone not grabbing him, he will stay with the Raiders. But, man, you just love the talent evaluation here, too, Murph. The fact that these guys, some of these guys who won't make the roster just because of the numbers are pretty dang good players. And that is a compliment to not only McDaniels, but, of course, Dave Ziegler, too. Absolutely. Isn't it kind of like, not kind of, it, I'm not going to hedge it. It really is encouraging that we have players on this team mm-hmm. that historically we wouldn't have cut. And like, and, and, if you th- <laughs> and I know that it got better during Gruden, but yeah. like when you think about like the depth of our roster, like once upon a time we were freaking like scrambling, like trying to I mean, think about like, and I'm, I'm always like try to let the history like of the Raiders influence my my current stat because I don't want to mm-hmm. ever like forget what it was like. And you think about like the days when Reggie McKenzie came in and like all the cuts we had to make because of all the funky contracts that this team had. And we were just like going to the scrap heap for freaking players. And it mm-hmm. was like and, and, and so you didn't have barely any depth at all. And now the idea that we have a team that, yeah, you're right. Like there's players that like 
would have made this Raider team a while ago, but now likely they may not or make a practice squad or whatever. I mean, you mentioned Britton Brown. I thought that young man yeah. played fantastic, especially in the, late, late in the game. And you see, so like, you know, the, the what are the running backs or the wide receivers even? Like, we haven't even seen our top guys yet. And that's another yeah. thing, too, that I thought a lot about tonight was that as fun as it is to watch the Raiders games and, and you know, especially coming out like week one of the preseason, we were like, yeah, it's great to see the silver and black on the field and all that. When you get into the third and fourth quarter of the third preseason game, it gets to be a little waning. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> games get a little long yes. and you're watching players that likely aren't going to be on the team and all that. But then you see these flashes and this commitment that you're talking about. And that's freaking encouraging, man. And I, yeah. and there's going to be players that get cut from our team to get picked up by other people. And that's usually the opposite. Exactly. And there's no question. I mean, that and, and, and fans get attracted to them and attached to them. We're talking about Britton Brown. And, and again, that crowded running back room, there's so many guys there. Kenyon Drake did well tonight. I think he was, and Mo and I have been lockstep on this. He's be, I think he's being showcased for a trade right. because that room right. is so full. Uh, if they can offload at least some of his salary, I don't think anybody will take all of his salary, but if they can unload some of his salary because they have other needs, which we'll talk about. But to me, you're right. You're right. You have the situation where, you you have these players, but you're deep enough, and you're you're bringing in such good young talent that you can let these guys go and be okay with it because the other guys you have. And I thought the wide receiver core. You talked about that too. I really believe that we won't have. We're going to have a rotation of wide receivers, and maybe it'll settle down after week two or three of the regular season. But the Raiders have done really well with those young guys, DJ Turner, with uh, um um. Cole, all these guys. So to me, that tells you that this team, and again, if you're not already excited about what this team has done off the field to acquire the talent to win on the field, then you're not paying attention. Absolutely. And you know that, and you mentioned the wide receivers. Like, I mean, it was surprising to me. You and I hadn't talked since the cuts happened. Yeah. I was surprised to see DeMarcus. There was a, a time during this offseason, like we were kind of thinking he was going to be our number two guy. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Mac Hollins like rose way up that depth chart. Uh, not only is a red zone threat, which is originally what I was thinking. Okay, he's a big body guy. Derek loves big bodies. You look at all the touchdowns he threw in 2016. All of them were to Jared Cook, Michael Crabtree, and Andre Holmes. Big guys that can go up, high point the football. Like yep. Derek loves that kind of floaty ball in the back of the end zone. He loves that. And so I was thinking, though, that was the purpose of Matt Collins. I think that was the reason they drafted Brian Edwards. Um, but now all of a sudden it's looking like Matt Collins is like, I'm not going to pencil him in. Well, maybe pencil him in. I don't know. But bold prediction. <laughs> but like Matt Collins looks up. But so I'm with you, though. And like, yeah. and we haven't even seen again to go back to, we haven't even seen the other guys. And there's so many players we haven't even seen yet. We yeah. haven't seen on the defense. We other than I will throw this out, and I'm going to throw you, throw you back a question, Scott, which I thought was interesting tonight. Um, not only in the defensive secondary was it great to see Jonathan Abram flashing because mm -hmm. we just like we around here in the fan cave, we just at Raiders fan rail, we love that guy. He just exudes Raider to us. We're rooting for him. But it wasn't it interesting to see Rocky Sin and Anthony Averett starting off this game. Did you did that jump out at you? Absolutely, because we we talked about it on uh, our Thursday and Friday shows. That you know they they came off the pup, and we believe they needed to get out there. They needed to get some of those reps, uh, and and sure enough, man, when I saw them roll out there at the beginning of the game, I'm like, okay, that's good. That's a good sign they got out there. And yeah, they you know at times looked a little rusty, this little step behind from who they are, but that's okay. I mean, that's what it's for, right? That's what these games are for. Their practices, and so for uh, for them to get out there because that defensive backfield, we still don't know. 
you, you, you talked about Abram has played well, and he showed well tonight, had a nice big hard hit, uh, and really played, I thought, uh, a good game. And so you look at that, and you know that they need to do that. They need to see what they have back there, along with the interior of the defense. That's another guy I want to bring up, too, uh, Murph, while we're talking about it. Jonathan Hankins, man. He came oh, in like yes. he had not missed any time. Now, I did notice, like me getting out of the shower, he's got some love handles, which he usually <laughs> didn't have. Hey, guilty. <laughs> but, <laughs> guilty. Yeah. So, but, I but like man, yeah, he, he was blowing it up. That, that first uh, Dolphins unit was in there to start the game with Tua and all that. He was blowing up the running game, as was Kendall Vickers. Uh, and so, so that yeah. defensive front, uh, and unfortunately Jenkins went down. We don't know if he's how serious yeah, his injury. Yeah. It did not look good, but that's another big question mark. And so, at least from the run stopping perspective up front, there to see Vickers, to see Jonathan Hankins do that, another bright spot here tonight. Absolutely, and that was encouraging, right? And and yeah. and what about the uh, what about the, uh, the the law firm of Bauer and Bowers, right? Bauer, so like, yes, yeah, Bowers going on that was like, and there was. Uh, and then, uh, and and Tango Vialoa, uh, yes. much respect to him chasing down. There was one play he played hard. Where I had to go. Uh, oh my gosh, I was watching. So I don't know uh, how, how you were able to watch the game, but I watched on NFL Plus, which me too. Uh, that was you did okay. So new yeah. experience for me watching NFL Plus. Had the laptop, shot it up to the big screen. It was actually a pretty <laughs> cool experience watching the game like that. Um, but you can't rewind in it. At least, no. at least that at least that I, that I could find. And so I saw sixty nine out there in coverage, and I was like. Like, was that him making a play or was yeah. that like a design? Like you don't see big men like that out in coverage, but anyways, but one way or the other, he made the play. He was at the ball. And so I, I'm with you. And we talked a lot about that again, going back to that Jacksonville game about kind of like the lack of presence for that interior. And especially in the pass rush, I mean, I know it's Miami and I know it's week three of the preseason, but it, again, continual improvement, right? Which is yeah. all you want to see, as you uh, say uh, so frequently and so true and accurately, it's practice. It's freaking yes. glorified practice. So what's the idea of practice? Get better. Yeah. You know? No, no, no doubt about it. And I think that's the other thing, too. Even with some of these guys we're talking about defense, obviously Jonathan Hankins is going to be a guy who makes the roster. But I see Jeff uh, chatting on YouTube saying, hey, Bolton played well. Absolutely. Oh, uh, you talked about Tangle Avola, uh, Amosa. Those guys all played well. But again, just like we were talking on the offense, Murph, you're going to have these guys who play well because they're playing for their careers, right, and their lives in a roster spot. Many of them will not make it even if they play well. And that's a good thing, though, because everyone else is raising the play. And this is it. This is the accountability you're seeing. They're all holding each other accountable, and it shows you what's happening in that building. There's just a different attitude, and you're seeing it even with these guys who won't make the roster. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree, and it's, I love to see that. That that fight in those guys, and you yeah. know, let, let me. And I want to, I want to, I want to throw this back at you too. So in those plays, especially in that defensive secondary, we've talked so much about. Um, when you do see those passes get complete, we saw it happen to, to Anthony Avery, who's not going to be a uh, or is going to be a guy that makes the team. Yeah, but it seemed to me like with my just fan eyes that a lot of those completions were coming against soft zones, and yes. I don't see the Raiders playing. I don't see Graham calling soft. It seemed very vanilla, and I know that's also a theme of the preseason. Yeah, but don't you feel like a lot of those plays that work? It was like it wasn't necessarily on the players. Like I'm not saying they were like the the coaches were mailing in the play calling or whatever. But like I believe you said at the beginning of the show, like they're not going to show you everything though either. They're not going to show you everything that they're going to do. They're going to show you flashes of things like playing Abram at the line of scrimmage and things like that. 
but in terms of like coverages and whatnot, like it wasn't very complicated. Yeah. Is that does that make sense? Did you did you it get totally that? Feeling? Yeah, and especially when you look at uh, where he, where McDaniel's came from, right? I mean, he learned from Belichick. Uh, that guy is is you know like General Patton. He's not going to tell you where he's going to be marching. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna hold it in, and and of course in the preseason, especially with the way the AFC West is going to be, Murph. You can't you can't give anybody oh, okay. any clues, right? So I think I think you're right. You saw that you saw a lot of soft zone, and and at times I was having I was having flashbacks to the last couple of years, right? Uh, and seeing those defenses, but with the talent they have there, I think that you're right. You're going to see once we hit the regular season, once you hit that Charger game in Week One, boy, it's going to be a whole different story. Um, but let's switch gears a little bit. Well, Murph, do you have anything else from a positive you want to mention before we get to the stuff the Raiders need to work on? Uh, I mean, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, Jasper Horstead. I mean, shout, shout out Jasper good Horstead, catch. Out the, the 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 third year man out of Princeton. I yeah. mean, that's that, that's kind of a nice story there. But I mean, yeah. obviously, it's going to be you know Darren Waller and Foster Moreau are going to be the, the the show at tight end this sure. year. Um, but uh, but it's nice to have a player like that. It's nice to have a depth player that, that at least he's he's doing the right things in the preseason. And you know, if, if unfortunately one of those other guys goes down, then Jasper yep. can come in or you know on, on whatever key situation. So that might be fun. But anyways, so shout out that young man. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, all right, so let's switch gears now. Everybody in the chat, of course, I keep seeing a name, Leatherwood, something like that. Anyway, but yes, yeah, so Never Alex Le Alex Leatherwood. Um, and and I have to say that. As you know, we have been on our show, and I know you guys have been too, kind of supportive. Say, hey, you got to give him time. It's early. Look, you know, yes, he struggled. It hasn't looked good at times, but you just never know when sometimes things are going to click. Um, Alex Leatherwood had another awful game. Uh, and, and do players have a play here and there where they play? Well, absolutely. But he was getting beat even when you had the tight end chipping. And so to me, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm about at that point, Murph, where I just don't think it's going to work. Uh, and, and that's a problem. Uh, the rest of the line, to be fair to Alex Leatherwood, the rest of the line, even Lester Cotton, did not play great tonight. He had some good stretches, don't get me wrong. But overall, that offensive line didn't play well, which is what you brought up earlier about how the quarterbacks did such a great job of adjusting to that situation because you can scheme to work around your offensive line, but it's not optimal. And I think what you saw tonight if you had a more stout offensive line, even in a preseason game, I think the Raiders win by two touchdowns easily, right? Because I just think they're a better team. But in this case, the Alex Leatherwood situation, and I'm going to go on a limb here, and and Murph, I, I, you can distance yourself from me on this one. I, you know what? Listen, coaches are coaches, organizations are organizations. The ego's got to go now, and you got to address the offensive line. You got to go get somebody to help. I don't know if they're going to work. I don't know who you're going to go get, but to me... Derek Carr is the Cadillac. He is the guy there who's going to take you where you need to go. If you do not protect him, it's going to turn out bad. And Murph, it's just not good enough yet. I agree. And, you know, you mentioned the, the I, I keep always want to call him San Diego. You mentioned the Chargers game. <laughs> you know, when you got two pass rushers, just like we do, Oof. you know, when you got Jones and Max on, on the corners, and in their case, you got, you know, Bosa and, and uh, and and the name that shall not be spoken that wears fifty two, um, <laughs> you know when you got those two guys coming off the, the off the edges like you need a good right tackle like it used to be like the old adage in the NFL was that 
you know, you had to have, you know, a good quarterback. You have to have a franchise quarterback, and then you have to have somebody rush that franchise quarterback, and then you have to have somebody block for that fan- franchise quarterback. So left tackle was the most important of the offensive linemen. Well, nowadays, when you have these dual pass rushers and you have these complicated defenses that that coordinators are calling where you're stacking linemen, you're stacking, you're doing all kinds of funky stuff, you got to have coverage or you got to have protection on both ends. And I'm with you. It's a concern. Like, and I'm rooting for Leatherwood. I have rooted for him for day one, and I'm not going to give up faith in him until he becomes a, a player for another team. As long as he's wearing a Raider uniform, he's, <laughs> he's got my support. I'm going to root for the Raiders that are, not the Raiders that aren't. You know what I mean? As you're, I always you're, say. You're, um, you're, you're a better man than I. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I mean, there's a, still a string of thread holding me because he's a talented young man. I just felt, I felt he was getting beat so badly and at times I felt he looked like he was just a beaten guy. You know what I mean? From an attitude perspective. And that's sad to see too. Like you don't, I don't relish in that. I know some fans relish when a player struggles because they think he stinks and they want him gone. I don't do that. Right. But for me, it was that, but it wasn't just him. The entire offensive line was not great tonight, uh, but the Raiders, because of the talent they had at quarterback and other positions, was were able to overcome it. Um, but I think they got to do something to address it. They have to bring in uh, a, a, a signing or two to compete there because you just got to get better. I don't think they can go to war. Like I said, I get scared to death for Raider fans and for the franchise with Derek Carr with his new deal and where he's at at the peak of his career that you put him back there with a line that might not protect him well enough. Yeah, I'm with you. And I mean, I mean, our entire 2016 season evaporated when Trent Cole broke his leg, right? I think yes. Donald Penn gave up one sack all year long, and that was the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 certainly a, a concern. And I and I don't want to be dismissive of the of the criticism of Alex Leatherwood. I guess I'm just trying to trying to cling on to the idea that he's still young enough. Like I'm, you know, I remember a Robert Gallery that came in and struggled to tackle and moved mm-hmm. inside and was a pretty serviceable guard. For the majority of his career so and if that's what what ends up being alex leatherwood's story yes it's not the ideal one it's not the one we want but is that the one that we can maybe have out of it at the end of the day though i think as of right now it's got to be like jermaine illuminor or somebody like that has got to be your starting right tackle because you're right like we can't you know like or again I, I bring up 2016 you think about what was the biggest week that we had the one of the best offensive lines this league has ever seen except austin howard you know mm-hmm. sorry no disrespect austin howard but like you know, out of all those, we there was all the sacks came from the right side that year, except for the one that Donald Penn gave up. So, like, you got you can't just have a turnstile at that one position. So, I mean, so again, I'm not going to apologize for him, and the Raiders do need to address him. But here's the other thing I'll, I'll, I'll throw at you, Raider Nation, is that we know veterans don't like training camp. They just don't. Like, it beats their bodies up. And when you get into your, you know, especially early thirties. I know that's in terms of life, that's very young, but in terms of football, that's kind of getting up there. Um, And so when you, you look at like a Nate, so, and I brought his name up before and I, and 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 I'm kind of banging that drum because he's the Patriot and we've already seen the influx of Patriots and the Patriot quote way. Um, We've seen an influx of the Titan way, even because Vrabel was a disciple of Belichick and has brought, so we've seen a lot of Titans players and Titans influence come over the team. Anyways, Nate Solder is a guy you could literally plug and play at right tackle week one, and he'd be just fine. And yeah. so you're not going to beat him up during the preseason. You're going to reserve your cap space in case you have a major injury somewhere mm-hmm. and you really need to address a big position. You know, maybe the Waller contract. Like, there's – I always I always t- say this to Raider fans. Like, they know 
Like they know, like that. If you see it on TV, I promise you, they're the ones breaking down film. This is their job. They're getting paid millions of dollars and they got an infinite amount of resources to invest in how to make this team better. I promise you it's on their radar. So yeah. just because you haven't heard it publicly yet or whoever didn't say it on Twitter doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. So I would say this, that it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we see somebody that's significant come in as a signing, that's a plug and play tackle. It's just, yeah. it, again, because again, the, the, you look at the guys, what has you got like Solder, you got like Dwayne Brown, you got like Eric Fisher. All these guys are like 32, 33, 34 years old. Like they don't want to be in training camp. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if we saw one before week one. No, and, and I, I just think the, the thing that concerns me, and, and, and again, I, I look at the success that these two men running this franchise on the football side have had, and I give them the benefit of the doubt. But I will tell you that with every week that's going by, I think the situation gets a little more concerning because uh, if, there's improve, if there was more improvement, like if, if they went out tonight, didn't play a great game, but improved and you saw improvement there, then I'm not so worried about a signing. I'm not worried about saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, okay, he had a tough couple tough plays, but he's progressed. Leatherwood's progressed or whatnot. Uh, but I do think, as, as we talked about this week, I do think, and you said tonight as well, Merv, you put a Luminor on that right side right now based on who you have, right? And then hopefully they do, to your point, and exactly what they need is a veteran to plug and play there. Doesn't have to be a guy who's going to be in the Pro Bowl. Doesn't have to be that. You just need a solid professional that's above average, that's going to be a consistent guy there, that's going to protect Derek Carr and make sure that this offense, which is going to be extremely high-powered, gets on the right track. I couldn't agree with that more. A hundred percent. I mean, that's got to be the, the way to go. And, it, and, and I think you're right. I think they, however they choose to address it, because I think it's, and, and, and if I'm, if I'm reading what you're saying, they're too far into the process to coach this up. You know what I mean? And yeah. when you see regression is like, you're talking about like, you know, like that's, that's not something you can work with as a coach. Like you got to see some sort of growth week to week. And when, and here's the thing that's scary to me, and, and, and again, just my uneducated, untrained eye. When you see that player that's a first-round pick playing longer and longer in the game and struggling mm -hmm. just the same, regardless of the talent that he's going up against, that's that's got to make you nervous. Because, again, he's not going, he's not going up against Bosa and Mack every down for four quarters he's going up against a guy that's going to be you know bagging groceries in a few weeks and I, no disrespect to whoever that dolphins lineman is but you know what i'm saying like that's sure. the truth you know what i mean and so yeah like that's that so the yes it is concerning i'm totally with you no and and i think that's where they, they just have to address it i mean look we are now three weeks away from week one okay 21 days i think it's 22 days whatever it is another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So, so you're going to have to think about this. If you're going to bring a guy in, especially, and you make a great point, Murph, these veterans don't want to go into camp, okay? So if it's one of those guys, 
You got to get him into camp, into camp. You got to get the physical. You got to get him on the field. You got to start teaching him uh, what the differences are. There's not going to be many because they know the system already, to your point. But at the same time, they got to get in shape, right, for that week one. Yeah, yeah. And so so, so that's why, to me, there's some concern. Um, another disappointment, again, it's a guy I really like, and it just continues to look like um, the, the tea leaves are not going his way. It was Amik Robertson. Amik Robertson was out there again quite a bit and um, gave up some catches, including one on the sideline there was for a long completion where he kind of seemed to let up on the play before the reception was made, and that's really bad. I really like the kid, uh, but increasingly when I look at what's happening with that defensive backfield, I think he might end up being an odd man out, Murph. Yeah, I think so too. It's certainly headed that way, and there's another guy like just like with Abram. It was somebody we were – we were rooting for big time. You know, I loved from the get-go. I believe it was at Louisiana Tech that he came out of. Yep. Um, I, I love the series that the Raiders do uh, on their on their website during the draft where, it's the, you know, they get the call. And, you know, this young man was like, you could, I mean, the tears were flowing. Like, his the idea that he got drafted by an NFL team, got drafted by the Raiders. Got, like, he was, and if I remember his words right, he was like, I'm going to give you my all, coach. And he was crying. Just like, that. if that don't win you over as a fan, like, <laughs> Like, I don't know what to tell you. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, that idea. So, he's just one of those guys from day one that we've absolutely rooted for. You know, group of five school, you know, the whole nine. And just, you know, just for whatever reason, whether. And I don't think it's a size thing, uh, you know, because I know that he, when he came in, he was a bit undersized. Sure. We sure. know he's got dog in him. But it's just like like what you're saying. Like, he's just not in the right spots on the field. Like, it just seems like he's always just, like, a few steps out of the play. And, like. You know, and for whatever reason, I don't know what, again, I don't know what, what those coaching, you know, uh, tips are to get him in the right spot, but whatever they are, he's not there. And that sucks. Yeah. And, th- you know, three different schemes and three in his three seasons, too, you know, doesn't necessarily help. By the way, our good friend Violator is on. Hey, says, hey, hey Scott Murph, love your analysis. What we're seeing Wayne. on this team, it is definitely a chess game. And I agree that we go uh, the way of both lines on offense and defense. Go Raiders. Thanks, man. We appreciate you. Have, you, have, have one of your cigars for me tonight, my brother. Um, <laughs> I still, I, and I, I keep telling, I have never had a violator cigar. He keeps, he, he messages me and say, Hey, just send you know, just send me this here and I'll, I'll get you the cigars. And I keep forgetting. So I got to do that. Sorry, man, Wayne, I will get it to you. I there promise. You um, but yeah, so Murph, so you look at that situation, him struggling there. Uh, but outside of that, I didn't find anybody else surprising uh, that struggled tonight. Again, I thought we, as we started the show off, just to just to make sure people understand, we I, I really believe mostly positive tonight. Again, the offensive line, we're yeah. going to focus on that because everybody's hyper focused on it going in. So when it doesn't go well, it's even worse because people are are there ready to pounce, as I was too. Frankly, I was watching it. But overall, uh, you know, you just like where this team is going. Just have to address some of those concerns uh, before week one. But overall, again, they came out of it with the exception of Jenkins. We don't have an injury report on him yet on how serious it did not look good with that knee given out there on that play. But overall, when you get out that healthy uh, with some of your other guys, that's a good that's a good thing. Absolutely. Can I and can I throw another couple positives out there that, that please that, do uh, 
earlier when you asked me and I all, all I could come up with my limited brain only could only come up with Jasper freaking <laughs> Horstead. Um, but Samir White punching it in and oh, that yeah. first drive, like that's one of the things that we saw him do for you know ever the whole time he was at Georgia. And although Josh Jacobs can be a strong runner, uh, you know, in the red zone and, and in short distance, that's really what Zamir White does. And 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 I think probably frankly, the reason that the Raiders don't pick up is Jacobs' fifth year option is that. Mm-hmm. This could be the guy that could be that short distance guy. And um, so anyway, so so uh, great performance by him early on and really encouraged by what he's been able to do so far in this preseason. And um, and, you know, I, I, I got to continue to bang the drum for our special teamers, man. Our yeah. new version of Janikowski, Leckler and John Kondo. Um, you know, <laughs> here comes A.J. Cole, who's, you know, of course, Trent Sig snapping him the ball and Carlson kicking him through the uprights. But. Um, but AJ Cole, like he, he, in his press conference, uh, this year early on said that one of the things he's working on is his directional ability. We know he's got a massive leg, but his directional ability and his ability to like put people in places now with the ball, like, you know, you don't have to be regular season to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like you either do it or you don't when it comes to being able to kick. So he's doing a fantastic job. So shout out, you know. Uh, AJ six there, man. That's been really encouraging to see that that part of of the game. And it's also nice too that special teams isn't the only thing we have to root for anymore. No, that's true too. But I'll tell you, we talked a lot about it last week because the special team struggled, and they. I thought, and I'm I, I almost forgot it. So thank you, Murph, for bringing it up. Overall, the special teams in general on coverage and keeping lane integ- integrity, all of that stuff was really good tonight. So they had a bad couple outings where they let some long kicks go. Tonight they were a spot on. Everybody played really well. The coverage was great, uh, and that makes a difference because you really uh, put Miami back in their zone, uh, and it's just part of the game, and you need to be good at it, and they were good at it tonight. So that was that was huge. Um, okay, so now we talk through that, and I'm seeing the comments come through. John Simpson, yes. Offensive line just struggled, just period. That's the way it is. Um, but we'll, when we look at the game again, I watch the game. Uh, I'll watch the game again tomorrow, and then we talk about this week. We'll get more into it. But um, during the towards the end of this game, Murph, oh, because boy. because you can't just you. And I say this all the time. I don't know what it is. It's not the fans per se, but drama just follows Raider Nation. Right. And it's not a big deal in the in the course of things, but it is a very interesting headline. So they have a UFC event tonight and UFC is with the Gronks. They're trying to do like the whole Manning thing with Monday Night Football, but with UFC. So Dana White's on there and you got the Gronks out in there and and Dana White starts telling the story that, hey, I had Brady and Gronk coming to Vegas in 2020 It was this close. It was right at the end. And then Gruden pulled the plug. Now, we don't know if this is all completely true, but Rob Gronkowski on the air tonight said, yes, it was true. That's how the story went. And does it matter now for the Raiders moving forward? It does not. But it's an interesting story because we heard all those rumors. And then, of course, everybody poo-pooed the rumors. And then, if you remember this offseason, Murph, I don't know if you saw this clip after that one. Tom Brady was on that barbershop show on HBO and he said, Hey, yeah, I was about to sign with his team right at the last minute. They changed their mind. And I yep. said, you're sticking with that effing guy. You put them together and suddenly you're like, whoa, whoa, wait, but a crazy story. Either way you look at it. Yeah. This is like, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> you know, like it's like said, there's, there's always something man. With this always. Team. 
Yeah. It's like there's always some level of dysfunction, and, and it usually it's well, almost cursed. It's always something that happened <laughs> like years ago. Right. Like, right. You, you know what I mean? Like, why, you know, well, I don't want dysfunction now either. But like, the point being, though, is that like, we can't just like, it's like we're having the, the most encouraging off season that we've had, you know, and I don't know how long <laughs> because other than the blip on the Ra- Okay. Raider fans stick with me on this other than 2016, yeah. we haven't been good. I don't know if you've noticed, but like we've kind of sucked for the better part of 20 years going all the way back to 20 or 2002 when we got our ass kicked by the freaking Buccaneers and John Gruden. And even if you remove the John Gruden years, it was 1983. I was 10 years old in January 22nd, 1984, when we won our third Super Bowl. So, again, we haven't been good in all this time. So it's like now we were at this offseason in 2022 – it's been one of the most encouraging things that we've had. We we got this amazing front office. We got an amazingly functional organization. And then what happens? Drama. And so it's like, <laughs> here's what I would say to you, Raider fan. Don't dwell. And it's a fair question to ask God, and I'm totally with you. And like, and it's a relevant-ass story. But like, Raider fan, don't get caught up in it, man. Just no. focus on the good stuff. Don't get caught up in this idea like, Oh, what what could have we have had? I don't know. Let's focus on the Raiders, though, that are and not the Raiders that aren't. The Raiders yeah. that aren't are Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Who knows what, what would have happened there? All I know is this, though, and I will say this, Scott. The more we hear about Gruden, post-Gruden, the less or in, in, encouraged I – or the, the – how can I put it? The, the the time that I gave him my unrelentless support during yeah. his coaching tenure, I feel like I want to pull some of that back a little bit because some of the decisions and some of the things that you've heard him make have been like, eh, that was awful ego driven or that was awful, you know, you know, um, I don't know, rigid or whatever. Yeah. Like a lot of the things you hear about Gruden. So because because and I'll, and I'll and I'll say this and I'll shut up. I don't have any reason to not believe Dana White. He's one of the most honest like in terms of like, you know, runners of sports leagues, you can't get more brutally honest than Dana White. It's the timing is interesting. And I think it's probably just because of the whole Gronk thing, because like Mm -hmm. you said, he had him on the show. So I think that's why the timing of it, it came out when it did, but like Dana White, I have zero reason to not believe him. Like I distrust, I won't, I'll save the names, Gary Bettman, Roger Goodell, but like I distrust so (laughs) many other people, you know, that, that, that aren't Dana White, you know what I'm saying? So like, I think it's true. I absolutely think it's true. Well, and and again, he, he, he has nothing to, to lose by talking about it or to gain by talking about it. And he had Gronk on the show and Gronk said, you're right. That's the story. I mean, he, he verified it right on the air. So it's not like Dana White is lying. The timing. Yeah. Very interesting. But I agree with you on the Gruden piece, though, too. And and the past is the past. You can't change it. All you can do is go forward, which is which is, you know, why we spent the majority of this show talking about the positives moving forward, because it was a positive night and we got plenty of times to nitpick when things go wrong. But in this case, you're right. It's just it goes back and I go back to when right after Gruden got hired and I was on the radio in Las Vegas uh, on CBS Sports Radio there and I did a show and I've been very fortunate uh, and he's been very good to me. Uh, uh, but Mike Lombardi is has, has come on our show at least two, three times a year, sometimes four times a year to talk NFL, right? He's a busy dude. He's got all kinds of things going on. But when, when Gruden came back, I had him on, and the fans that listened to my show, the listeners went crazy calling him a Raider hater because what he brought up was, look, John's a good coach. He's a great offensive line, but 
he's not a personnel guy, and that's what worries me. Can he run an organization? I don't think he can. So fans got mad, right? And and I understood why. Everybody's really excited. But now Lombardi, whose son is Nick, is now the offensive coordinator of the Raiders, by the way. Um, so I doubt he <laughs> hates the Raiders. Um, but, but it turns out a lot of that was true. And I think we all had those silver and, and black colored glasses because it was the era. It was the last era the Raiders were good. And he's such a great personality. So I don't fault anybody for, if you want to call it, falling for that and or, or just being disappointed how it turned out. But clearly that story is going to live on here for a few days. Uh, and I just thought it was fascinating. And then the other side of it was, was Brady being on HBO. Was he talking about Derek Carr there? It's like, really? That, he called him that guy? It's like, that's... That's weird because it's not like it's not like Derek Carr is a bad quarterback. If he was if he was a marginal quarterback, okay, I understand that, but but that wasn't the case. So, just a really interesting undercurrent. Uh, but this team, this organization, these guys are just different, and so that's why I keep challenging the fans out there, Murph. Let go of the negative. And I know this story pops up and it brings up some of that, but don't. Just look at it as a story. It's like, oh, well, okay, yeah, we could have had them, but we still wouldn't have a defense. We still wouldn't have had an offensive line. So who knows what would have happened to them? Absolutely. And I'll, and, 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 you know, Scott, I'll say this, and this is, this is where the, the, the fan can come out in me. Yes. All right. So here's, here's what I would encourage you to focus on instead, Raider nation, focus on the beauty. I'm going to paint a scenario for you. <laughs> Derek Carr is on the podium and who, I don't even know who has the Super Bowl this year, but whoever's doing the broadcast hands him that Lombardi trophy. And we have just beat the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> How many demons do we exercise oh, by beating the Buccaneers and Tom Brick? Can you imagine the poetry that goes on there? They will be literally like, and I wasn't, I mean, I was alive for the 76 Super Bowl when they finally, you know, beat the Steelers in the AFC championship to win their first championship. So I'm not, I don't want to demean any other Super Bowls the Raiders have won, but I'll say this. That could be the most, if not one of the most significant moments in Raiders history. So let's root for that. Let's focus on that. Let's go kick everybody's ass that's in our way for that freaking Fort Lombardi trophy. Absolutely. No, I mean, I think, I think, you know, that, but that's the point is, is this story, you could get negative about it, but I don't think it's anything. I just think it's interesting, right? Um, our good friend, Kevin, who listens to our show and tweets back and forth at me, he's like, who cares? It's like, well, people do care because it's an interesting story. It doesn't oh, mean yeah. anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't take away from Derek Carr being the starting quarterback. It doesn't take away from how this team is starting to progress through the season and heading to the regular season. But but it is interesting, and to your point earlier, Murph, it's just amazing how this stuff finds the Raiders. It does, you oh. know, even things went so nicely this off season, right? It was just all pretty much good news, uh, and then suddenly, you know, these little things start popping up, uh, and and this one, of course, has to bring more attention to that. And then, of course, the people who the people who hate Derek Carr, which is I know a strong word, but there are people who do. I don't know how you hate somebody you've never met just because of the way they play football. But nonetheless, um, they're going to love it, right? Because see, 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 I told yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I told you. And it's like, well, yeah, you might have told him. You might have been somewhat right about a certain thing, about a rumor. But at the end of the day, look what's happened, right? Mark cool. Davis had the opportunity to bring in a coach and to commit to a quarterback, and he committed to Derek Carr. So do you think, Scott, uh, you know, is there so we know Derek says that he 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 blocks out what goes on on the outside. Yeah, but I think there's a part of Derek where this kind of stuff gets to him, and 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 it's and it's okay. This isn't a criticism of Derek Carr. He's a human being, and he hears the things and all that. And as much as you want your quarterbacks or your players, period, to compartmentalize, 
there is a really, you know, there's a, there's a sensitive heart there. There's a, there's a, you're going to receive these things. Does this motivate Derek? Like, is like, mm. what's Derek are we going to get out of this? Are we going to get pissed off Derek out of something like this? Or does he even, is this even on his radar at all? And this is only a fan thing. It's a good question because I, what, what I've always said um, with, with Derek has been that he always says, yeah, I don't listen to that stuff, but then he comments a lot. And of course we, he, he got into the argument with the reporter uh, earlier this year as well about that. So clearly he listens uh, and that's okay too. Uh, I've also defended him when he's blocked people on Twitter to said, because, Oh, they're, there's being negative. Well, that's fine. Why do we, if you don't, who needs more negative in their life? Not me. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to raise yeah. my hand and say, yeah, yeah. Come, come at me. <laughs> Why? So it, you're, you're just easier to write them out, but, but it'll be interesting to see that because it is now somewhat verified. Um, I don't know if anybody in the Las Vegas press pool will ask him about it um, and whether it would be a good question or not. Uh, I, if I was going to do it and I was a reporter, I'd kind of do it on the side. Um, I wouldn't do it uh, in a press conference and yeah, just say, no. Hey man, what do you think of this stuff? I'm just interested. And yeah, it's on for on the record. Or if you don't want to be on the record, fine. Tell me off the record. And then I can't talk about it, but oh, well. So, so, I mean, again, it, it is what it is. This Raiders team is moving forward. They got so much going in the positive direction, but it's a good question. Murph. I don't, I don't know how it will impact him. I, he'll probably chuckle at it knowing, especially since it was a Gruden thing and he's gone. Um, that maybe he can just say, oh, okay, well, there's another thing I didn't suspect, but it kind of reinforces maybe what he thinks now of his former coach. I hope it, you know, and I, yeah, and I agree. And I hope it's, it, here's what my guess would be. Um, and I, again, I, I clearly don't know the man, um, only know him by a press conference and watching him on TV and whatnot. Um, and I mentioned a sensitive heart. He's a kind guy. That's so, so when you're, when you're kind, you have compassion and sure. you know what I mean? Like you just, you're going to, okay. I, I think he can be dismissive of this idea that he's the yeah. MRFer that Tom Brady was talking about, but it registers. And like, and ultimately that's what you want, right? You want that to register. They're like, cause you want to have something to prove. I don't think there's anything wrong with a player having a chip on their shoulder and, and you can manufacture Agreed. chip. Like you can, you can talk yourself into being, you know, the underdog, or you can really be the underdog. And in this case, Derek's the underdog. There was an article that came out in PFF this week where they had the most projected passing yards um, in the NFL. Derek Carr didn't even make the list. He was behind Tua Tango Vialoa. I don't know where Derek Carr would have been on the list because he certainly wasn't in the top 10. But like when you look at the players that are in the top 10, like how come Derek, Derek threw for 4,800 yards last year? He's this close to throwing for 5,000. Oh, yeah, we picked up this guy from, you know, Fresno State named Devontae Adams, his best friend, who's the best wide receiver in the football. Like, are you freaking kidding me? They're like, Derek, like, talk about disrespect. And those are the kind of things that, like, I, as a fan, I love that stuff. Like, about us. Like, what do we do as Raider fans? We're rebellious. Like, what is the whole point of Al Davis and the mystique? Is it like, it's us versus the world, man. And so right. I hope things like, whether it's this story or the PFF thing or all the criticism that can be out there for Derek Carr, I hope that registers in a way with him. And he's such a positive guy. I think he spins that in a great way and uses that. And if you want to talk about Tom Brady, he's the ultimate of that. He's the GOAT of that, of, of, of being able to take things that are said about him and utilizing them to motivate him to go on and do great things. And I, I'm going to trust that that's what Derek is going to do with these comments and all this freaking BS that's going on this offseason, man. And I'm, I'm looking – I mean, 
again, I got a, I'm a, I got a fan crazy ass brain, but I'm thinking that Derek <laughs> way over 5,000 yards this year. And I think he's going to be in, 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 in the running for the MVP. I don't, I, if he's not, I'll say this, he's not the guy. He, if, if this isn't the year we mm-hmm. put it together, he puts it together. The Raiders put it together. Then I'll just casually watch through the rest of however long and remove <laughs> any expectations of this team ever again. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. By the way, Mo has jumped in because I guess Mo uh, Mo is working Bleacher Report stuff tonight. He's covering the entire league tonight. That's why he can't be with us. But he did jump in to say, Michael Jordan did this. Use any slight against you to motivate you. Players get upset about the top 100 players. Absolutely. That is so true. And Mo, thanks for stopping in. Uh, as you can see, uh, Murph is doing a great job filling in for you. Uh, and thanks he has borrowed the seat. I'm keeping it warm for you, Mo. And he's got better taste in food. Um, but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, the Jordan thing is a perfect example. It's, and I, I think, I think Derek does that. I think he does it from the, 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 um, perspective of, from a nice guy perspective versus, being more of a cocky type of guy and some guys are that way too and there's nothing wrong with it it's just how you do it so so we'll see how he does that and and again to your point about putting it on there's really no excuses even though we spent some time tonight talking about my big concerns with the uh offensive line uh then that's the only thing that worries me but that's not an excuse to me that's just you're gonna have to work around it right you have enough other weapons and enough other things going on that you you'll have to do your best to try to do that. So so I agree with you on that, Murph. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating off or a fascinating season. And as we move forward, uh, it'll be fun to see how it all unwinds. Murph, yeah, uh, it, go ahead, buddy. Oh, I was going to say I was making one last point. You know, yeah. this something that came up on our show this last week um, when the Bengals were on the clock in this during the COVID draft, they. Uh, all the experts told you they needed to draft an offensive lineman. And what did they do? They drafted Jamar Chase. Uh, they drafted a good friend of Joe Burrow, somebody that he had chemistry with. Um, it lended to an explosive offense, and they were in the Super Bowl. Think about that when you apply Devontae Adams and his equation to the Raiders, Raider Nation. I would just mm. tell you that, that sometimes in the way that the league is formed now, there are ways to overcome weaknesses with a high-powered offense. And if if you if Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase can get it done, I have all the faith in the world that Derek and I'm not going to tell you they're going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Whatever, I will think that because I'm a Raider fan. Yeah. But I don't see how you cannot find ultimate success in some form because you got those two guys now on your team. Absolutely, and 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 it's a great example using the Bengals because it's a similar situation. I mean, it's apples to apples. And they were able to do it. And you're right. People in Cincinnati hated that pick at fir- very first. And then, of course, when they saw him playing, they they fell in love with it. Uh, but it certainly was something that uh, that uh, you could compare. And, and I appreciate that as well. But, you know, that's why we said I, I saw somebody comment, hey, give us positives. We spent the whole most majority of the show. You're coming in at the end here. So rewatch it. You'll see all the positives because that's where we did spend some time on breaking down this game. Murph, as always, man, it is a pleasure. I know we'll have you on. Next game is on Friday. It's a Friday night game. This damn preseason Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, makes makes weekend plans a little tough. Uh, I'll be there. Nonetheless, you will be there. You're going to be there. Yeah, I'll be there. So we'll be I'll be doing my call in from freaking Allegiant Stadium if that's okay. Nice. Yeah, we'll get you on your phone. They have good Wi-Fi there. Okay. (laughs) We'll get you in the stands. That'll even be better. You talk about voice of the fan. It'll be voice of the fans. You have all your guys around. It'll be great. 
Oh, it'd be cool, man. Sit down there in section 132, right down there behind a bench, man. We'll uh, throw it up on the phone there. And yeah, that'll be hopefully, awesome. Hopefully everything will come through. Okay. And we'll be able to chat then. Yeah. Absolutely. Remember, follow Murph at underscore Murph and follow Raiders fan radio and go check out his YouTube channel. Great show. And you can see the fan cave there behind him, which I'm always envious of because it's amazing. It's the best. It is. There's a lot of great Raider content out there and content creators, YouTubers, you name it. But no one, no one touches the wow. fan cave. It's just no one does. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the show, Murph. It just is the the care, the love. All of the eras are representative. It's fantastic. <laughs> You're too kind, my friend. You're too kind. And one of these days, we'll have to get you in the fan cave. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, we'll have we'll have an, a frosty adult beverage and, uh, <laughs> and talk to Raider Nation a little bit. Oh, that'd be fun. That would be fun. All right, man. Well, thanks again for joining us. We appreciate it. Take care. All right. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Have a good night. All right. You too. All right. So that's going to conclude this uh, uh post-game show, if I can spit it out, post-game show here uh, as the Raiders beat the Dolphins 15-13. to A couple reminders I want to make sure. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Make sure that you also hit the notifications button here on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio of this, which was released tonight as well, make sure you subscribe. Give us a, a five-star rating, if you would. We'd appreciate that uh, and, and do that. We will be back this week. Uh, we, we usually do shows Tuesday, Thursday. But Mo calls me yesterday. He's like, hey, we got cuts again. Let's make sure we do it Tuesday. So we're going to switch days this week and go Wednesday. Uh, but we we'll probably drop something earlier than that with a mailbag or something coming up. So stay tuned. That's why you need to subscribe. You'll get everything pushed right to you. But what we will do is we'll be back with you Wednesday for our full regular show where we talk about the Raiders' next five cuts and uh, and any other cuts around the league that could be opportunities for the Raiders to get better, particularly on offensive line. Uh, and also, Mo will be back as well. Again, he was gone tonight. He's working all the NFL games tonight, so he was swamped over a Bleacher Report. But you can follow him on Twitter as well at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And also, I am at LV Gully. The show is SNB Today. We'd appreciate a follow there as well. For everybody here at Silver and Black Today and Odyssey Original Podcast, we thank you guys for being with us. We appreciate your Raider Nation sharing your thoughts and being with us after tonight's game. Until next time, be good to one another, and we'll talk to you soon.